When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another episode of the No Ceilings Podcast. I'm Tyler Metcalf, joined, as always, by the conductor of chaos, Tyler Rucker. Rucker, how are we doing? Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. I'm doing great, Metcalf. Um, Thursday, recording, pumped to do another episode with you. Everything's great. How are you doing, sir? How, how are we holding up? Fantastic. You know, be- most beautiful part of the country right now, early February. Minnesota is 50 and sunny all week. Who would have guessed you know, it, it's almost like this global warming thing isn't that bad, right? <laughs> yeah, I can't speak for myself. I'm in Arizona, so um, I'm just very excited right now that it's like starting to heat up. But then, you know, in a couple months, ask me the same question, and I'll be like, "When? Where was winter?" So um, I'm doing great though right now, and I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're having some some good weather as well. Yeah, I, I'm ready to uh, get absolutely annihilated in the next week or so because that's how it always goes. Yes. But people didn't come here for the weather talk. We're talking. We're, we're diving back into just focusing on a couple guys, um, like we did last episode. Um, so today we got Don Connect from University of Tennessee and Jonathan, apparently Mobo, uh, spelled M O G B O. Apparently the G is silent. Love that for him uh, from the University of San Francisco. I will say it will be my fault. But Kef asked me before the pronunciation. I was watching a lot of clips this morning. They kept saying Mobo, and I was like, this is a fantastic either pronunciation with the G being silent or great nickname. So we're going to go with that. If anyone wants to, you know, call me out and say it's my fault in the YouTube comments or anything, I'm welcoming that. Like, bring it on, you know, but um, I also love Mobo. I mean, so I, I, I really like Mobo. I think we're just going to have to run with it. We're going to run with it. Strong apologies. You know, we, 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 we mean it with affection. Yes. Yes. Um, we, we come by our mistakes, honestly. So, all right. Let's just jump straight into Dalton Connect, uh, wing shooting guard um, from University of Tennessee, transfer, um, transferred in this year. He has been an, on an absolute scorcher recently, dropping 30 point games in his sleep. Where do you want to start with Dalton? You know, it, it was funny. Me and you were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for this episode. Um, we always toy around with different ideas. And then I was like, oh, I feel like I've just been loving Dalton connect. I've been talking about him constantly. Like, is it bad to do an episode? And you're like, screw it. Let's just do it. And, and I was like, all right, I'm in. And I don't know where to start because I absolutely love him. I think this is a lottery guy. I think this could be a top 10 guy. I don't know what else he has to do right now in this class to convince people that he has the legit tools to be a weapon. Where are you at Metcalf, Mr. Metcalf? Um, just outside top 10. So lottery. Um, let me see. I'll give you a number 13. Um, I, I have a nine. 
it, it's tough to play much better than he's been playing right now. Um, over his last handful of games, he's put up 31 points, 32 points, 25 points, 39 points, 36 points, 28 points, all with at most one turnover. Um, pretty efficient shooting nights, versatile, getting to the rim, hitting mid-range jumpers, knocking down from three off the catch, off the dribble, uh, creating for others, not in a huge sense, but enough where if the double comes, if he's in a tough spot, he's quickly making the right read, quickly moving the ball um, and rebounding the crap out of it. So it, it's it been really impressive. Uh, shout out Maxwell Bombach, who uh, over on the No Ceiling site over the summer, he had a piece on Dalton and how impressive he was going to be. And he kept pumping all season or all, all summer that Dalton was going to have a big year. And he's really, really coming onto the scene and making a name for himself as not just a potential first round guy, but like you said, a lottery top 10. Yeah. I, I mean, I've said it pretty bold. I, I have him at nine right now. I feel fantastic about it. I know that's going to be really rich for some people, but why I'm at peace with it is because I think NBA teams are going to look at guys in this class, especially, and say, what do you bring to the table? What can you offer us? Dalton Connect's going to look and say, I can do whatever you want on the offensive side of the ball. I can shoot it. Um, I can put the ball on the floor and get my shot. I can get to the basket. He's slithery getting downhill. And, you know, if someone wants to challenge me, I can finish with power. I can get mm -hmm. nasty around the basket. He's tough. He's a pit bull. I have a scouting notebook I'm probably going to post next week. I wrote about him. I was like, it, it just seems like a guy that is, it's a clear picture right now because Dalton connects going to say, this is my NBA skill. What do you need offensively? I think everyone's going to focus on the defense, which I'm sure me and you are going to talk about. We'll get to it. But I think at this point, you're going to get to a point in this draft. Maybe it's late lottery and he goes around there and you're going to say, what is his NBA skill? And Dalton Connect's going to have a lot of positives on the offensive side of the ball. So if you have a good foundation, a good fit around his improvement areas defensively, mm -hmm. you can hide that and then bring out the best version of him alongside. Maybe it's a, a, a great fit. So, I mean, his last six games, 31.8 points on shooting splits of 53, 45, 75, 0.8 turnovers. He's just, he's a bad man on the court. And it, it is one of the best stories in college basketball this year. It, it's, it's absolutely awesome. And I think he's got the right mindset. Everything you hear about him is great. So I don't understand why he couldn't be, you know, I think he is a lottery pick right now. If he keeps doing this, he's going to be a top 10 guy. Yeah, for sure. And, and he's, he's one of these great examples of guys that we, you know, see at a lower play at a lower, lower level. And we're like, God, it'd be really cool to see him transfer up and see how that translates. A lot of the time it doesn't. And you know, that that's okay. But with Dalton, it really, really is translating. So, and he's currently listed at six, six, two Oh four. Um, last year at uh, Northern Colorado, he averaged 20.2 points, 7.2 rebounds, 1.8 assists with 1.4 stocks on shooting splits of 48, 38, 77. This year at Tennessee, he's now averaging 20.1 points, uh, 4.6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, uh, 1.3 stocks, and on shooting splits of 49, 40, 78. Almost identical 
numbers to what he was doing at a lower level. Um, and you just read off his last six games. That's all conference play. So now he's boosting those numbers now that the competition is really ratcheting up and these programs really have a high feel for each other. Well, and, and I think it's important too. Like we're talking about how impressive his recent stretch of play was, but Dalton was doing this in the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. you go back to his first seven games and obviously people are gonna be like, well, Hey, those are probably some tune-ups. Well, that includes uh, Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. Um, he averaged 20.3 points, 4.9 rebounds, two assists, shooting splits of 50, 40, 82. The North Carolina game, if you need a game to sell yourself on Dalton Connect, I thought was one of the most impressive ones because they were getting curb stomped. Yeah. And he was literally bringing them back by himself, not just scoring. Like he was making plays. Um, they, almost just they were back in it towards the end of the game. Like it was impressive that they even got back in it on the road. Um, he gets, I think one of the games, maybe Kansas or North Carolina, he had like an ankle injury or something. So that's why if you're looking at his game logs, it's like, Oh, why did he struggle those games? I think he was playing a little banged up, trying to play through it, gets healthy. And now he's just completely cruising again. So, you know, we always say you got to do check-ins on these guys. You have to see the full slate of a year. Like what happened? Why did they get cold? Well, Dalton Connect, I think, was getting through an injury and trying to be tough and play through it. We've seen with Jet Howard last year, ankle injuries for movement shooters, probably a pretty tough thing to play with. Kinda so matters. yeah, kind of matters. So it, it, it's situation, it's everything that's going on. But I think Dalton's just there's guys in this class we're waiting for someone to pop and Dalton's taking control right now of like, Hey, you better get familiar with my game. And who knows Metcalf, maybe he goes and just interviews outstanding and the Intel's great. And this could be a guy that you're picking eighth or ninth. And you're like, we really need a burst. We need to pack a punch off the bench in our rotation offensively. Dalton connect looks pretty good. Cause it's, he's not a six, four guy. He's six, six with a great mm-hmm. frame. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, And just to kind of further highlight his scoring efficiency and just versatility, where he's not just a standstill knockdown shooter, um, he's doing it from all areas of the court where, you know, according to our friends over at Synergy, uh, he ranks in the 91st percentile in points per possession all around. Not bad. Uh, Transition 72nd percentile, uh, spot up 67th percentile, 82nd percentile off screens, 80th percentile pick and roll, uh, 92nd percentile in in the post, uh, 81st percentile all around jumpers, 88th off the catch um, and 60th at the rim. It's every area of the floor. He's been consistently getting to his shots and knocking down shots. Where are you at with his athleticism? Because it feels like he's got a little bit of pop at the rim. He's consistently getting to the rim almost whenever he wants, but it doesn't feel like he's got that super explosive first step. His foot speed doesn't feel outlandish, but yet he's constantly getting wherever he wants to go. I think everyone's sleeping on it because I'll say it. He's a white guy. Ben Affleck, you're right. So, I mean, I think Dalton is, he's one of those athletic guys that just jumps off at you and you're like, oh, he's also built stocky. He's got the frame to really dish out punishment. But like he could throw down. He has some plays where you're like, holy crap, where did that come from? But it's it's not just once in a while. Like he can really attack the lane with bad intentions. I think the step is a little bit better than, are you thinking it's slow? I think he could no, get somewhere I, I, with I don't it think it's. I don't think it's slow, but it doesn't 
jump off the screen when you're watching him of like, oh, there he goes. Right. But I don't know if it's like the stride distance or he just he's really good at using just those kind of like hang dribbles to freeze his defender. And that that might just be a threat of his shot where defender thinks, oh, he's going to pull up here. So that little hang dribble gets him out of their stance just a little bit. And then he's using his stride length and his strength to just get past them pretty easily and get downhill. You know what I like about him? And I think you, you just hinted at me and I think it's it's the perfect way to describe Dalton is it, he gets somewhere with his dribble. Mm-hmm. Like he, his strides are, that's what you love to see. Like guys really cover some ground when they want, like when Dalton has some real estate to get downhill, he really can navigate and, he's a snake through traffic. Like you sometimes think, Oh, he's going to run into three guys and he just gets in and out and throws a beautiful left-handed off the glass. You're like, Where, how did he get down North Carolina game? It's like what I just keep saying, like that game, just a lot of intentions. And then you see this all the time. It's like, Oh, he's going, he's going to go right at the big man and just try to take on contact. And then he just glides through midair and finishes with finesse. And you're like, Ooh, okay. There's just a lot of stuff I like about his game. And I don't think his, Everyone's going to think, oh, he's just this shooter or this guy that just shoots a lot and scores. It's like, well, no, he he's just a problem offensively. Yeah, so I, let, let's we, we got some clips. Might as well dive into them. Yeah, let's do um, it. Let's get so, weird. you know, here, Riley Kugel is pressing up on him up near half court for some reason. And as Kugel closes out, sort of, he just does this little hop step and Dalton immediately capitalizes, blows past him to the left as he... As he gets to the rim, I mean, he's taken off well outside the restricted mm-hmm. area, almost outside the lane, goes up with both hands right at the shop locker. But I love this craft of adjusting to his left hand to avoid the shop locker and then finishing with his off hand, um, despite his momentum carrying him well out of bounds. I like the expose the ball, try to get the shop locker to bite and then finish like and then just shifts it. And the ability to comfortably shift that to his offhand, which he does pretty consistently, is we we don't see that from a lot of scores because so many college players and NBA players are so strong and dominant. I like that beginning. I think he sold that fake screen on ball screen. Look at Kugel buys it, <laughs> shifts. I mean, it's just little stuff like that where it's a scorer, it's a veteran guy, senior, been around, knows how to play the trick. Like Kugel's like, oh, on ball's coming, so he starts to shift his body and then. Dalton's like, yeah, thank you. I have a wide open lane now to attack. It's just craft. Yeah, and I we, we see it in the mid-range too. So I mean, same game here, just comes off the screen, snakes back, gets to the elbow, and it's just effortless. It's smooth, it's fluid. Any inch that the defense has given him, he's just taken without hesitation. It He has the ability to make plays like this look very simple and effortless. And then you can also try to speed him up and he can deal with chaos, Mm -hmm. which is great because taking that jump to the next level, you know, he's going to be dealing with chaos as a rookie because all these guys, the speed catches up right away. But I think he also understands how he can make people play down to his speed. I just keep talking about him and I'm like, I I absolutely love him. I, I don't know Metcalf. I don't know where, what am I, you know, Am I crazy? No, no. But I something else in his game that I really love is how he kind of utilizes that size in the post where he gets mismatches because he is more of a shooting guard. Um, so he's going to be matched up against some guys who aren't 6'6 and as strong as he is. And that really high release point that he has allows him to just kind of get to his spots and then 
effortlessly shoot over decent contests. This isn't bad defense by any means here uh, by Alabama, but he's able to just kind of turn over his right shoulder and that's, he can do that in his sleep. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the point too, that always excites me too. Cause I, I watch him and I'm like, man, he plays like he's six, eight. Yeah. Like, I, and I know he's six, six. I know some teams might be like, well, is he going to be an undersized three? Like where are we playing him? I think you're just putting him on the court and being like, we're going to figure this out. He's going to score a lot for us, but that's why fit will be important with him. Um, but you do, you see stuff like this where he's running off everything and I think he's a high motor guy where, okay, all of a sudden I'm a sucker for guys that can just run all over the place and get their feet set and straight up good form. Like I'm just, just the off ball movement here that that initial instinct to kind of drift to the corner when Kugel tries to go over the screen, doesn't get the pass doesn't pout about it resets sprints to the other side and i just love how quick this shot gets off because he's ready for it he knows that once he gets that ball it's going up and it's just fluid catch plant elevate nothing but net oh gosh if i was cool there the amount of swear words i'd be dropping like are you kidding me i have to deal with this guy all night like he's hitting this shot like this is a ridiculous shot because of like what you just said mick half of that's just quick catch and i'm going up right away i don't need I don't need much of a window to get this shot off. That's what's going to make him dangerous. Where are you at with his passing? I hate when you phrase it that way because I feel like you're wanting to dig something out to... I, I'm trying to dig out your opinion. I'm trying to... Um, where are you at? Hit me. Um, I think it's not on-ball creator, you know, to the level that we've kind of seen Jalen Williams with Oklahoma City um, evolve to where he can be that second option guy. But I think it's at a point where when he's running off screens and cutting into the lane or acting as that um, kind of second side creator in the NBA level where he can run an occasional pick and roll, where he can use his scoring gravity to attract that, that help defender and then set up his teammate and make the right read in an appropriate amount of time where he's not allowing the defense to recover. So I, I think he's a really good passer. I don't think the playmaking is ever going to be anything where he's really demanding the the usage level that he currently is. But I think it's going to be really complimentary, really high level connecting stuff. I, I'm I'm sorry. We had a Woj bomb while we're recording this. So uh, the Grizzlies are trading Steven Adams to the Houston Rockets for Victor Oladipo and three second round picks. What a deal. Um, thank you, Woj. You know where I'm at with it, Metcalf, is it's it's kind of I'm on the same boat, same island as you. I think Dalton's never going to be a guy. Like, we're running it to a pick and roll for Dalton to make a play out of this. I think you're he's a smart connecting guy where it's like he understands, like, oh, I can get this shot off or extra pass. I can make the right reads. Those guys, I, I've never never worried about them being ball hogs or being like, I got to get my shots up. I, I think he's just a smart team player that also understands like how to keep the system going and, and being in rhythm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I have clips. So of course you do. Them. That's why um, I just, I love how like he that, yeah. the, the low man there. So it just runs high pick and roll comes middle five out offense. Um, forces the low man to help out of the weak corner. And since he's running it to the middle of the floor, it kind of confuses what's strong side, what's weak side. And as he kind of comes off that screen, 
leaves his feet, which is, you know, typically a no-no and always a telltale sign for a defender of, oh, time to jump this passing lane. He's staring down the shooter in the corner, sees the defender move, adjusts, sets up his roller for the wide open dunk. It's pretty impressive stuff for a guy who's going to be mostly an off-ball scorer at the next level. Well, and it's impressive for taking that leap from Northern Colorado, no offense, to Tennessee playing SEC ball. Now, like, that's the type of stuff you really like to see. And, you know, anytime a guy understands, like, hey, this is who I need to trick in the last line of defense. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Like, this is who I need to bite. I think that jumps and speaks volumes of, hey, there's some stuff here where, you know, I don't think Dalton Connect's ever going to be a, oh, he's averaging eight assists a game, nope. but he he's going to be someone you like to play with because it's, hey, Dalton's either hitting me when I'm wide open or he's hitting a 30-footer, nothing but net, and we're winning a lot of games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this one just uses that hang dribble again, um, kind of simulates that he's going to get that pull-up, allows him to beat his defender off the dribble, force a strong side help, just makes the easy play. Kicks it out, cuts back to the dunker spot, gets the ball back finishes with an easy layup and then last one um this is probably more of the stuff that i think we're going to see from him runs off a screen drives baseline gets the help defender and then just sets up his roller um because of that scoring gravity where he's attracting multiple defenders and then just making the right read like that's not crazy playmaking stuff it's just a really mature approach and an unselfish approach where he knows what the right play is and he's dragging both those defenders with him and knows that his teammate is going to have an easier look. I think this is why I always like upperclassmen in the draft is because everyone's always like, I can't stand when people go, yeah, he's great, but he's old. (laughs) Like I, I just, I can't stand it. I feel like that's the biggest cop out of like, like you, you're trying to find something. I'm like, well, is he helping the team right away? Because this play tells me that someone understands what Metcalf is just saying. Like he understands the scoring gravity he can get by hitting a couple of jumpers. All of a sudden things open up for his teammates and the maturity, like Kevin McCullough is great at that too, of like understanding how to make winning plays because Dalton hits a couple jumpers. Now you're just the way teams like, Oh crap, this guy's about to heat up. We got to stop, Dal- stop Dalton connect before he gets really hot. Then he goes out there and does that. And then you're just like, well, shit, what am I too? I can't leave my guy. I got it, you know. So I think that's just mature. And that's how a scorer really gives you a nightmare because he hits a couple buckets, you were locking in on him. And then he's like, well, now I'm going to get my teammates going. Then you're just all over the place. All right. Um, before we wrap wrap up, Dalton, um, I, I'm just curious who, if you have any kind of comps for him, play style, um, I'll, I'll give you a minute to think because, you know, I, I love, I, I love running queries over on uh, Bartorvik.com. Um, so give me some I, names I, and I'll I, tell you I, I who I had to see what, who Dalton compared to. Yeah. Give so, me some names and I'll tell you which one I don't like and do. <laughs> so, so the filter I used was a usage rate of at least 25, um, effective field goal rate of at least 55, three point percentage of at least 40%, uh, three-point attempts per 100 possessions of at least 10, and a free-throw rate of at least 25 from a true high-major conference. So, you know, scoring efficiency, scoring versatility, he's getting to the rim, he's drawing fouls, knocking down threes at a high high clip. Um, Since 2008, that returned 18 names. Uh, Some of those names include Doug McDermott, Peyton Pritchard, Buddy Heald, Jody Meeks, Jamal Murray, um, Carson Edwards, Dalton Connect, 
uh, Joe Harris and Torian Prince. A couple others who never made it, but th- th- those are kind of the, the, the bigger names from that group. I'll throw a name out and everyone can, I can't wait for the comments right now after I throw this name out. Desmond Bain. That, that's the comp I have down. I have like Desmond Bain. It, it, before this stretch, this recent stretch, I had Desmond Bain late. Um, but yeah, I, I just have Desmond Bain right now. He was 6'6", 215 at TCU. He averaged 16.6 points, 6.3 rebounds, 3.9 assists on shooting splits of 45, 44, 78. We're in that wheelhouse right now. Dalton's ahead of it, but he was trending on that right now. So I... I think that's the role, though, that you're thinking. Now, Desmond ended up going to a fantastic place. They have John Morant. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. There was a good defensive foundation around him. So all of a sudden, then Desmond Bain just came in and forgot how to miss jump shots and got paid like it. I'm not saying Dalton's going to be on that level, but that's the type of guy I think. And there's another guy that I was just furious, got. <laughs> yeah. drafted late because he was a senior. I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, well, everyone also, that thinks you know, that they're d- also had little T-Rex arms. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, that, that's a joke. It's just said something quiet. great. It, it wasn't that good of a joke. Someone in the comments said a great thing. Like just because you're 22, 23, you still are not done developing yeah. as a basketball player. Like the, the, the fact that some of us think like, Oh, well, you know, Brandon Miller was old, so he can't be good. Like, <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> like, just think of like how how much mature you got over the years when you were early twenties, and you know I'm still a child at heart. So I, I'm just saying like these guys are not even close to the best yeah. basketball players they're going to be. So I, I don't understand the idea of like where Dalton Connect can't be a top ten pick because he's 22, 23. It's like the hell he can't. Like the team's going to love what he can bring to the table, and I think he's just showing right now he's a bad dude on the court, and I think some team's going to jump all over it. Absolutely. All right. Before we move on, just quick game of this or that. Um, (laughs) I'm making a graphic. I've had inspiration the other night, so I'm going to make a graphic. Okay. Uh, Dalton or Modest? Dalton. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers, Gen Z. Uh, Dalton or Ron Holland? Uh, Ron Holland. Dalton. Sailing's team is going to kill me for that. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Dalton or Dillingham? Uh, Dalton. Dalton. I really like Dillingham guys, so don't jump at me. Go Dal- ahead. Dalton or Furphy? Dalton. Dalton or Ryan Dunn? Dalton. Dalton or McCuller? I have them back-to-back. Of course. So Dalton, <laughs> Dalton right now. I have them back-to-back. Give me okay. your answers. I want to know. Where, I mean... I g- Give me some names. Dal- uh, Dalton or McCuller? Uh, Dalton. Dalton or Buzelis? Uh Buzelis. Yeah, I get it, but I don't. <laughs> uh, Dalton or uh, Dillingham? Dillingham. By two spots. Yeah, I, I'm Dillingham's climbing for me. Good I like him. Um, Dalton or Ron Holland? Holland. <laughs> good, good. We'll we'll go down swinging together. <laughs> Um, no, I, I, I just really like them, but it's, it's at that range in the board where I was like, man, I kind of like these guys. And then I was like, I love Dalton. Like yeah. I liked them before I did the video breakdown on YouTube of him. And I, I was just like watching him laughing at like 2am. I was like, this dude's just awesome. So I don't know. 
Love it. Um, all right, let's move on to Jonathan Mobo, uh, but let's take a quick break. All right, Rucker, we're going to kind of get a little deeper here with, with a bit of a sleeper. Uh, Jonathan Mobo, 6'8", forward center uh, from the University of San Francisco. He has a good amount of fans. Um, where, where are you at with him? He has a good amount of fans, and then you look at the numbers. He's been buzzing a little bit, and you look at the numbers, and you're like, my goodness, those are very nice. <laughs> and then you turn on the tape, and I texted you at a very early hour. Shout out to my newborn daughter. <laughs> really likes me to sleep. Um, I texted you at like 4, and I was like, Mobo's fun. Um, I'm getting around on my film, guys, so sorry if I'm late to the party. I like to be a party crasher he's fun Metcalf he also I, I was watching him expecting like oh energetic big that dunks everything and blocks shots I thought this was what just what it was going to be and then you saw some of the playmaking and I'm like whoa yeah. I wasn't ready for this and I hate when I see these guys and then they're listed at 6'8 because I'm like could you be 6'10 and you really would have a fun time having this conversation but you know he also looks lengthy there he has pogo sticks for legs um gets up really quick gives me some kenneth fareed manimal you know vibes um i don't know i'm intrigued i'm very intrigued i feel like you're gonna be lower and just bummed that we're not talking about johnny furphy so <laughs> where are you at what what have you liked what are your questions um wild card that we should be the playmaking i think is really yeah. something um, it, it, it's not like we should not overlook it. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it, it's really, really nice. Like there's some, some plays I was like, oh my gosh, like this is fun. Good recognition. Like he saw it from a mile away, come in and backdoor specialist. He had a transition play where he like got a steal, went behind the back and threw a great, I was like, whoa, whoa big fella. But, um, you know, another older guy. So everyone's going to be Buzz Killington. <sighs> Um, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I'm really intrigued, but I'm hesitant because I feel like I get burned by these guys all the time where they're not a wing, they're not a center, and I don't really know what they are at the next level. Um, what he is right now is an incredibly efficient player on both ends of the floor. Um, also pretty unique kind of path to San Francisco where, um, I, I believe it was Gavoni who, uh, mentioned that he was uh, five foot nine entering high school and graduated at six foot seven. Uh, so nice kind of late growth that. spurt. Makes um, sense. We love bloomers. And kind of explained some of his perimeter skills with the handle and the passing. Would have been nice if the shot kind of followed suit, but we'll get into that in a minute. I thought it would look worse than when I started watching. Okay, we can keep going on. Yeah, but he, the shot wasn't horrendous for a, a potential big. Yeah, but it he looks like it needs a lot. Any. Oh, no, he took like a mid range. That's what I'm saying. I look at yeah, like, it's not terrible. I thought it was gonna be one of those like herky jerky, like e extreme Kevin Garnett, like throwing it behind the head. The Devin Vassell pre draft workout. How, form. How, how many how many jumpers do you think he's taken this year? Uh, I would say three, eight. Oh gosh, <laughs> I was trying to be obnoxiously low and it was close. <laughs> yeah, so you know it's it's not a skill I'm buying. I agree, it doesn't look awful. Um, but I, I'm not sprinting to the bank with eight jump shots. Um, so 
the good. Let, let, let's stay with the good. Um, when you go on Bartorovic, every one of his numbers is just bright green. Um, San Francisco has an offensive rating of 132 when he's on the floor. Very good. Effective field goal rate of 66.3. Offensive rebounding rate of 15.5. Defensive rebounding rate of 31. Assist rate of 23.8. Uh, block rate of 3.9. Steal rate of 3.2. Shooting 66 percent from two-point range um it's all incredibly efficient i just i don't know what to do with him in terms of an nba context because we don't really see guys like that succeed in a big level um the comps for him are gonna be jared vanderbilt um because they always are with guys of that frame who don't really shoot and are you know interior finishers exclusively so I, I'm I'm intrigued. I just I, I don't know who who is he at the next level. I, I don't know. I mean, are you trying? <laughs> is someone like, going to try I, to t- say like, oh, this could be Rob Williams in a way? What five inches shorter? Rob I know he's he, he like he's six spring. nine, right? Is he? I thought he was like six ten. No, I think he's six nine, but he just short? jumps like out of the gym. I wish Rob Williams was like six eleven. He's like. <sighs> Gosh, time lord, get healthy. Uh, okay, the so problem is, is, I'm right there with you because I was like, oh, he's got to be 6'10. And I look it up and I'm like, the dreaded 6'7, six, 6'8 six, just always drives me nuts with these guys because I'm just like, oh, you're right there. If you just had, it's the Stephen A. Smith. If this brother had a couple <laughs> more inches, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like his last seven games, he's averaging 17 and 11 with four assists. Um, 70% from the field, a lot of dunks. He has some fun dunks that are like DeAndre Jordan dunks where it's just like he's like throwing the ball violently down and you're just like, my goodness, he was still on the way up. I don't know, Metcalf. I'm right there with you. It, it's a fascinating, intriguing talent. Um, so, on the so, year, he's averaging uh, 15 and 10 with uh, one point or no, point nine blocks, which I thought were more blocks, but go ahead. We'll get into that. Yeah. We'll um, so I, I, I just, you know, I, I needed help with names. So obviously went to Bartorvik. Um, filters of effective field goal rate of at least 60, offensive rebounding rate of 10, uh, defensive rebounding rate 25, block of 3.5, and a steal rate of three. Uh, five names came up. They are Oscar Shibway, Mobo, Kenneth Freed, Nortrad O'Meara at Arkansas State, and freshman Andre Roberson. One of the weirdest lists I'll ever hear ever. <laughs> but, By the way, Norchad O'Meara at Arkansas was hilarious. If you ever are bored and want to go down a rabbit hole and have synergy access, go watch that. Right. It's it's laughable. And I, when he's he, been good for Miami. No, it, when he was at Arkansas State, I literally one day like looked up and saw like, who's this O'Meara guy that's just the leader in blocks? And I went and watched him and it's the grainiest film footage ever. And it was just hilarious, the type of shots he was blocking. So yeah, he's been great at Miami. Um. Yeah, it's been weird. It, it, it's been weird. His numbers <laughs> per 40 minutes, it's 21, 14, 4, 2, and 1, which is pretty good. Where I mean, it's where do you put him? You know, because some people are gonna watch him and be like, this guy's incredibly skilled mm-hmm. and he deserves to be going much earlier. And I get it. If you're all in on this guy, I get it. His PER is 33, it's a big number. It's it's insane efficiency in everything he does, but how much of it is the team he's on, the role he's you know 
been given and the competition that he's going against. Um, I know he had some big numbers early in the year against some solid programs. Uh, last couple games against Gonzaga and St. Mary's, a little more lackluster in terms of scoring, uh, but you know, still 11 rebounds, six rebounds, four assists, one assist against St. Mary's. Um, but you know, he was putting up 20 plus against Arizona state and Minnesota. Uh, and then he's been feasting on some of these lesser programs. So how much of it is competition? And I, I, I hate playing the competition card. I, you know, I, I feel like I've, I get it. I, get I, it I have enough track record where that's not a go-to for me, but when the numbers are kind of that different, it's kind of hard to ignore. And then, you know, I look at him and a guy like that we both liked last year in Tosin. Um, I'm not even going to try to butcher the last name uh, from Princeton. Just got called up, right? No, no. Uh, but no, I, no, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. He's else. on a two-way at best. What's the difference there? What's the difference between uh, Mobo and a guy like KJ Adams, where his numbers aren't anywhere near as absurd as what uh, Mobos are right now. But if you swip that, or swap them, how different are those numbers looking? How different are the teams looking? How different is the impact looking? And I'm not sure it's all that different. And yet you can't find KJ Adams on a board anywhere unless you're looking at mine <laughs> because I'm on that year is... three of pushing that hype train and it's just never going to happen. But we have, I mean, he has some games. You look at the box scores. You're like, my goodness, they play mm-hmm. against Minnesota earlier in the year. He has 21 and 10 with three assists, three steals. Then they play at Vanderbilt. He has a quiet game, just a 4, 14, and 10. Then you go down and they played at Pacific. He has 30, 18, 3. Like, and then he's just one of those guys that can do a little bit of everything. The Pacific game, he was 10 for 10 from the line, which you don't see from a guy like him. And he's shooting 70% from the line on the year. So I'm wondering if this is going to be you know, someone that a second, you know, a team picking on the second round, their analytics department is like, Hey, we got to take a shot. We could put yeah. him in the G league, like let him groom a little bit, figure it out. And then all of a sudden this might be a rotation piece. Like he's going to have some fans. Some oh, people yeah. are going to be buying for sure. It's just where, where is it too rich? Where, I mean, I don't know. This is a class where the second round, you could tell me 60 different guys that I would be like, I get it. if he's a pick, and then someone like the Bucks will do what they did that one year and take a guy that you're like, what? Where? He's not even on my list. Like, <laughs> I got 300 names here. He's not. Or, even... uh, who was it? This was the Grizzlies last year. Uh, uh, Tarek Bibirovich. And then he came in and was like, good. I was like, oh gosh, he's pretty. So, so I mean, we'll see. But he he should have some fan. Yeah, it's really I, and impressive I, I'm, stuff. I'm not I'm not trying to dog on him because I, I I like him. I'm really intrigued. He's been incredible this year. The production is out of this world. I just don't know how that translates to the NBA because we constantly see it fail to do so. Um he's the destroyer of boards. I know with Oppenheimer everyone's like destroyer of worlds. No, he's the destroyer of boards. I love Mobo. Watching some of his rebounds I'm like holy crap. This kid yeah, just comes out of nowhere. So out. much fun. Yeah. And it wouldn't shock me if he has the, the highest vertical in this draft class. Yeah. I, I mean, there were some plays where I was like, did he, is he going to ever come down? Like he's just <laughs> vicious. It's all, yeah. it, it's really fun to watch. Um, all right. Let, let's jump into a little bit of the, bit of the tape. Um, there's not going to be anything scoring wise because it's all rim running and dunk stuff. Um, and it's fun. fun. I, I, I <laughs> recommend going on YouTube and looking it up, uh, but not a whole, whole lot to break down there. Uh, what 
did really stand out to me though was the passing um it is wild how effortlessly he kind of threads the needle and sets up cutters there's like 20 of these like i was breaking down literally every assist and i got to a point where i was like i don't know which one's my favorite like i was just it's the anticipation here yes to lead his man, to pass him open, to beat the help side rotation. Um, weird defensive coverage too, by the way, but weird. Just... Yeah, but that's not even a, that's not even a, like throwing it when you, like that's leading, that's leading like a quarterback leading a wide receiver. And that that's early. And yes, if he's half a second later on that, that defender is making that layup a hell of a lot more difficult. And he botches the layup. Brutal. Um, no smoking in the gym. That's the number one rule. But again, kind of same thing. Little fake of the DHO. Cuts back door. It's easy easy money. And, you know, when we kind of talk about what's that role for him at the next level, be, maybe it is as like that small ball facilitator where they're just kind of constantly moving the ball, uh, swinging it from side to side. He's at the elbow initiating DHOs and he can that keeper or set guys up on the back door or hand it off and then rim run out of the empty corner i don't know but stuff like there aren't many big men who pass like he does and it's it's all the time one of the things i like is sometimes you see on tape too he'll get smothered like doubled and it's um it's hectic and he still like gets his head around gathers himself and throws a dime which i think speaks volumes when you're a big man that like, you don't panic. You just kind of adjust. This is the one I think I love. Yeah. Whoop. So goes behind the back, throws a great recognition dime. Thank you refs for not calling that a charge. Um, but I like, I mean, you see the athleticism right there. Yes. Big man, loose dribble, but still like being a basketball player. And like you said, Metcalf earlier, like late bloomer. So grew up probably having to be a guard, figure out how to be a playmaker. I don't know. I, 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 there's just a lot of really fun, intriguing tools. And I, I will not be shocked if someone takes a chance on him. Yeah. And I, I, I think with, for me right now, the, the lack of a shot is less than ideal, obviously. Um, but it's the defensive inconsistencies that really kind of hold me up from really, 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 really buying in. Um, he shows flashes. Some of his flashes, like we just saw that at rim block was awesome. The defensive playmaking on its own is awesome because he's such a freak athlete with really good measurables. But then we get flashes like this that are excellent, where it just effortlessly switches, uh, moves his feet, cuts off the baseline drive, ball swings to the opposite side. He's now cheating down and then jumps back and intercepts the kickout pass. It's, it's high level stuff, but we at most see that one, maybe two times a game in the same game. He was constantly over helping and leaving his guy wide open in the corner, um, getting lost in the chaos of screens and player movement. And it was rough. This play on its own is brilliant. And you would think this dude is an all world defender, but it's rare that we see that type of consistency. When you're athletic and strong and have good instincts to be a shot blocker, you want to go use those. And I think a number of times you can see a little overcommit to be like, I want to go block this shot. Where it's like, I get it, but sometimes you have to stay your ground because a smart team will pick you apart at the next level. Like guys be like, oh, okay. (laughs) I know this guy's open because you're right next to me. So 
I understand what you're saying. I think there's some plays like that where you see his feet slide and you're like, whoa, big fella. Like, okay, there's something here, but. So am I being too nitpicky? Am I overthinking it? I don't know because is this, is this a defender that is, I hate using board, but you know what I'm trying to say where he's just like, eh, I'm just waiting for you to try to test me or, or, and then I'm going to go block this shot because there's some shot blocking stuff that I'm like, this is really impressive, but it also is, this is because you're the most athletic person on the court always. I don't know. Is this a raw guy that we're just like, we, we got to believe in the potential. We got to just keep coaching him up. And some team's going to be like, let's just keep grooming him and get him some reps in the G league and see what he can do. I would take a chance on him in the second round at one point. Yeah. If I was a yeah. team, I would take a, ch- a chance on him. I know there's going to be people that love him that should go- say he should go much earlier. Fine. If a team's willing to invest in him being a specific role, I get it. If you're wanting like a, I don't know, a Denver wants Jokic's backup and they want this guy that can make playmaking reads and be energetic and athletic. I, I get it, but it would, First round's probably a little rich for me right now. Yeah. But second round, I'd probably be excited about getting this guy on a two-way to develop to see if if we can keep unlocking levels to his game because then he could be a rotation piece. Am I crazy? No. I buzzkill? No, I no, I don't think so at all. I, I think there's a real I there, there's a realistic possibility of a path where he's that backup center where, where or the team's kind of small ball option. My my just my hesitancy with that is just if you're going to be six eight and be that guy, obviously his athletic tools kind of uh, widen the air, the the room for error. But you have to be so good defensively if you're going to be six eight and be that small ball center. You have to be perfect, and I'm not sure if it's his current role where he's kind of allowed or instructed to roam and gamble a little more than we might necessarily hope for uh, just because he's a freakish defensive playmaker and he's able to capitalize on a lot of that. Or if that's just his natural instincts and he's missing rotations and he's getting confused by, you know, ball and player movement, that's only going to get more difficult at the next level with all, with all of that stuff. But like in that clip, the, the physical tools, the potential for what he could be as a defender, it's exciting. It's really exciting. So I, I just need to know more, you know, which is always fun. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm struggling. Um, but he's fun. He's really, he's really fun. fun. I got nothing else. Okay. He's fun. Um, cool. Let's wrap it up with Jonathan and take our last break and then dive into Victor Wembanyama. He's good. Okay, Rooker. Rookie roulette time. Uh, this week or last week we had Jordan Hawkins this week, the wheel gave us Victor Wembanyama, the first overall pick to the San Antonio Spurs. He was first on our, uh, first and final big board, uh, first all year on our collective big boards. Um, currently averaging 20.6 points, 10.1 rebounds, 3.1 assists, 3.2 blocks, 1.1 steals on 46.5, 30.180.9 shooting splits. Um, I have a million more numbers. I'll, tr- I'll, I'll, I'll try to weave them in a little more seamlessly this time um, instead of just giving you a lecture. So where do you want to start with Victor? Um, 
I don't know where to start. He's been awesome. He's been fantastic. This type of production for a rookie is sensational. Um, shout out to all my Thunder faithful. I love Chet Holmgren. Victor's going to win rookie of the year. What he's doing right now is absurd. Um, he, you know, it's not that Chet isn't sensational, but Victor's going to have a media rampage going with him. He's going to have a lot of fans in that circle. We all know how this goes. And he, everyone's going to be playing the card of like his stats are going to speak, whatever, who cares? They're both great. I, I think Victor though, like right now he's his last 10 games, he's had 20 points in every single or 20 or more points in every single game. He's averaging 24.9 over that stretch with 9.7 rebounds, three assists, 3.3 blocks. Absurd. Um, turnovers i'd like to see go down a little bit but also i understand rookie trying to get some stuff going i was watching his tape this morning and you're just like laughing because of some of the buckets he makes like he had a lefty hook against um jonathan isaac that i was just like you can't stop that like it it was just jonathan isaac's a long huge individual couldn't even get close to him like i was just like okay gotta tip your hat and get to the next play I like that he seems throughout the year he's taking at what the defense gives him sometimes. Like he yeah. gets the ball sometimes on the elbow and it's just like, all right, wide open elbow jumper. Like I think that's smart with his game. Um, he looks great, Metcalf. I, I know everyone's talking about, you know, the Spurs need a point guard and stuff. I think this year just letting Victor run, getting his full season under his belt to, to work on stuff. He's going to be a special talent. He already is. He's going to be a special, legit player. Like, I think he's just, oof, it's going to be fun. Yeah, I know. It's, it, he's it, delivered it, on the hype. It, it's sure. come to fruition almost immediately. Um, and that's really, 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 really rare. And I, I, I know the Spurs are just brutal right now. Um, but I don't think that's going to last for much longer. And a big reason why is because of him, obviously. And he's living just up to the hype. Uh, One of the numbers that really stood out to me the most was on the season, the Spurs net rating with him on the floor is negative 5.6. Not good. Um, Over the last 15 games, it's a positive 5.1. They're really starting to figure things out. He's really starting to figure things out. And, the offense is still a bit of a slog given what that team is um, given that he's, you know, not the lethal shooter that he was necessarily uh, billed as. And I I think we were kind of skeptical coming into his career that he wasn't going to be this lights out shooter, but the defensive numbers for him right now are absolutely ridiculous. So, and he currently has a block rate of 5.4, which is 98th percentile, a 1.7 steal rate, 84th percentile. And he's only, he only has a foul rate of 3%, which is in the 83rd percentile. So he's doing all of this while also rarely fouling on top of that defensive rebounding rate of 26.2 95th percentile. Their defensive rating is 9.6 lower with him on the court than when he's um, off the court casual 96 percentile uh opponents are shooting they have an effective field goal rate that is 2.4 percent lower uh with him on than off they're shooting um 1.6 lower at the rim it's just he's affecting shot decisions he's affecting shot accuracy 
ball security, all of it. His defense has been absolutely absurd. Um, I was trying to find a stat I talked about earlier in the year. Um, in the last 30 years, here's players to win rookie of the year and average north of 20 points per game. This is a pretty fun list for everyone. Allen Iverson, Tim Duncan, Elton Brand, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Tyreek Evans, shout out Tyreek, Blake Griffin, Luca, Paulo Bancaro. It's a pretty damn good list. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Just saying, like you, you go back and see. I'm trying to okay. I'm, I'm making sure I don't leave anyone because I literally went back and was looking at everyone. Um, I think I'm right. Yeah, John Morant was 17. It's just a freakish names, and I think Victor is going to be on that path. He's a bad man right now, and he, I think what you're pointing at is is so important for fans to realize with teams like this during the rookie years, like Victor is, he's going to keep producing, but if he can get that efficiency and start and the team starts figuring out how to get the best out of, of Victor mm-hmm. and how he understands the play with them, then that's when you can all of a sudden carry that momentum into an off season of being like, all right, we're ready to go now and take another step and get serious about trying to get in the playoffs and make some noise. Like, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see what direction they go in if they have one of those top picks. But I, I think they're going to be, if, I mean, they should just take Richiche and start the French <laughs> revolution. And, but that's a guy like I could see everyone being like, they have to take a point guard and they add someone like Zach. And now you got size and floor spacing. And then you go get a, a smart point guard in the off season, like free agent or trademark, whatever. They're not far. You got to yeah. get the when you're rebuilding. You got to get the the superstar. You found it. Now you have the pieces, and everyone else gets better because of him. They're not far. I, I really think he's been outstanding this year. Yeah, and you you kind of you mentioned the lack of scoring efficiency, um, and that's you know a, a problem right now. Um, but he also has a usage rate of thirty, which is in the ninety seventh percentile. So they're letting him experiment they're letting him play through his warts and uh learn by failing um the 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 outside shot is really the only thing that's bringing down that scoring efficiency because he's shooting 74 percent at the rim and it's you know obviously he can basically dunk it from the free throw line just by extending his arm but they can even just throw up lobs anywhere in the vicinity of the rim and he just has this touch where he can just barely deflect it and tip it in at just absurd angles. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. You mentioned the point guard, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the the, the difference with and without Trey Jones. Yeah. So, and that this is going to make it seem like Trey Jones is the greatest point guard who has ever played. Uh, solid player, not quite that. It's just more of a testament to that teams need someone who knows how to run an offense who can set people up and in the best positions and just kind of keep the ball moving and do the right thing um so when victor and trey jones are on the court the spurs have a net rating of 5.9 very good uh when victor is on and trey is off they have a net rating of minus 17 very big number (laughs) (laughs) Very big number. That's um, rough. 
Yeah, it's um, rough. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad that they're kind of abandoning ship on this whole um, point. So hand experiment, they at know least, what they're doing. At, at least they as know a what they're doing, at least as a starter. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they, they're well aware of how to build a championship team. So they're also well aware of where how good they're supposed to be this year and what they're trying to do. Yes. I, I'm not questioning the Spurs ability right now. No, they're going to no. be fine They're I think they got to let those guys all get as much playing time as they can together. Popovich is going to have a very good, this has probably been a very good year for him coaching and getting all those guys to buy in because they're, they're looking at Victor and what he's doing. I mean, he's putting up those ridiculous numbers and not a high amount. I mean, isn't the minutes down too? like it's 28.6 minutes. He's averaging 20 and 10 with 3.2 blocks. So I think they're trying to be smart with him because we talked about last year, they have a very favorable schedule for Victor last year when it came to time off between games. Sometimes I think they're just being smart and he's looked fantastic, but I think everyone's going to be like, well, what are you talking about? His efficiency. Yeah. He's, he needs to get more efficient. He has some of these nights where he is efficient and it's, we look up and like, Oh my gosh, look at the box score. But I think he's just figuring stuff out. You got to let him experiment figure and, out what's his go-to stuff. And I'm not really worried about the outside shot at all. No. Um, because it, it, his misses aren't bad misses. They're soft. You know, they're soft off the rim. They just rim out. You know, they're, they're close. His mechanics are consistent. He has really good touch. So it's not like he's just sailing it or clanking it off the side of the backboard or completely missing the rim. Um, they're close. And I think in a couple of years, he's probably, I, I don't think he's ever necessarily going to be 40 plus percent, but in that 36 ish, 38 range, I think that's more than enough. And then once he's doing that, it's, it's game over. Um, all right. So I'm right there with, I'm just one more thing to say yeah. about that. <clears throat> I'm right there with you. And I, I think the big thing for me is like, if it, he gets to a game where like he's going three for 10 from downtown, it'd be, if I was Popovich, I'd be like, Victor, get in, get in the damn lane. Like, come on, like, go, I get it. What you want to make, but that. he, he doesn't need. Yeah, he, he doesn't need to be a high volume three point shooter. He needs to be a guy that's kicking ass in the lane, and then it's like, oh, you're gonna play off of me. I'm gonna go three for five from downtown, and you know, he, he is his highest lately. Like, he's getting up to like eight or seven some nights, but you know. I don't think he's going to be a guy that just lives out there. I think he's understanding like, no, and his size shooting even 30% from three is just like, Ooh, my goodness. So sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but then even when he's in the poster on the elbow, that just creates more playmaking opportunities from him too. And you know, that the consistency there hasn't been there. Um, the accuracy and the ball security with him, the handle is super loose because he's seven, four with a eight foot wingspan. So of course it is. Um, but that that's kind of the biggest hole outside of the three point shot in his game right now. The defense is damn near as impactful as it possibly can be. The at rim finishing is about as good as you could ever imagine. It's that outside shot, which I think is going to get to at least league average um, by the, you know, in the next couple of years. But once he really unlocks that playmaking consistency, because he's starting to show flashes of the vision, um, it's just that accuracy. It's that ability to consistently put the ball where it needs to be for shooters and cutters. That's not quite there. And that, that, that's a carryover from what he was doing with um, the Metropolitans last year, where we're get 
flashes and when it would pop up in the highlight film it looked incredible that consistency just wasn't there but we're, we're starting to see it slowly come along and once it does it's going to unlock a whole new dimension for that offense yeah when they i mean me and you talked about wanting to see in the beginning of last year we were like this looks like a big guy that wants to be a small forward and float on the perimeter and we were both saying like everyone can go look it up. We weren't being crazy, but we were like, we need to see him in the mid range. He's seven, five and is an alien and deserves to be around the basket. Then he went and kicked the crap out of everyone in the ignite <laughs> and was doing like, everything oh, we wanted to see. And I was like, Oh great. There we go. <laughs> but you. now I'm seeing more understanding of that where he's like, I got an elbow jumper. Like, why am I making this difficult? Let me just hit this and get into his spots a little bit in the mid range. And you know, the mid range is not dead. And I hate when people say that. And, He's also showing some creativity around the basket. Like there's a good understanding. In it. And I think when he continues to get reps and things continue to slow down, then we're going to get that playmaking. Like you're saying at a more consistent level, we're like probably going to give him the ball in the elbow and run sets where we're going to be like, right. oh my goodness. Like if all of a sudden they're getting a high low with Victor, I'm going to be like, Holy crap. You know? So it's going to be very creative when they start adding some, some more pieces to the puzzle. Um, okay. Award debate. Um, Rookie of the year, Hammerchat. Does he win any others if not the rookie of the year? It, are are you thinking all defense, all NBA? Uh, obviously, all rookie. I think is locked up already. But is there anything else that he could possibly be in the running for besides rookie? I mean, I'm not. I mean, it's is it, the award thing for that stuff too? Like the stupid cut off oh well i don't even know if he's gonna make whatever i i don't want to project if it's not gonna be we're just gonna he deserves to if he's averaging three blocks a game he deserves to be on one of those all defense teams am i crazy no three, he's averaging 3.2 blocks a game i, I i'm i'm aware <laughs> i'm but i'm just saying like uh, he's first in the league in blocks yeah so what well, well, you can't i don't care if he's a rookie he's 3.2 blocks a game, but if he all of a sudden plays like 60 games, I'm going to be like, this stupid <laughs> thing is dumb. Um, uh, what do you think? I think he's going to win. I think he's going to and should win Rookie of the Year. Um, but that's He's not, going to win Rookie of the Year. I think he should. And too. I was, months ago, I was saying Chet was, does, was clear Rookie of the Year, but right now, what Victor is doing... And Chet's awesome, guys. I yeah, I don't call everyone calm down. Chet is awesome. Victor's on a war path right now with and he's gonna have the numbers, he's gonna have the media, and everyone can underestimate how much the media pushes that vote. So, you know, just give him co no <laughs> co-rookie of the years. No, Victor's gonna win rookie of the year if he keeps this up. Yeah, just because the 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 volume, the role, the demand from him is so much greater than it is with Chet. Uh, Chet Chet's been incredible. I'm not. This isn't a slander Chet segment. It's just what Victor's doing, and if he continues this through the end of the year, it's going to be something we've really never seen from that position. Um, I think he's going to get an all NBA defense shout too, just because all defense or all NBA. All defense. I, I think, think all defense. I, I think it's good. All defense. That they're not going to give someone all NBA with that record. No, someone's going to vote for him. 
And I Someone want, I want to know the names. <laughs> I, I, I want, I love when they public blast them. Cause I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, he should be, he should be getting all defensive stuff. All NBA would be psychotic. And yes. I know the numbers. I know how awesome they are. He's all just going to get there. But you time. can't. You have to wait. Give me an all NBA guy with potentially the second overall pick. Like okay. it, it'd be like putting Cade Cunningham in all NBA team right now. Shout out. Sorry, Pistons for the low blow. But like it, it would go, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> they barely won 10 games. We're making a guy all NBA. I can't do it. Unless yeah. Cade was averaging like 40 a game. Then I'd be like, eh, maybe we could bend it a little bit. <laughs> um, Oh, okay, she's so, gonna be like all NBA first team. We're like, what? The? <laughs> all right, Sorry. so so last thing before we wrap up this episode, is there anything that we can take? I, I feel like I know the answer, but is there anything that we can take from Victor's rookie year and how he's kind of gone from being a prospect to now a pro and apply it to this class and learn from it? That's a heavy question. Obviously, there isn't a Victor Wembanyama in this draft because there's never been a Victor Wembanyama in a draft. Um, but are there any lessons that we can learn? I mean, yeah, there's always a lesson we can learn, but um, the thing I, I I think the biggest thing with Victor is we saw how quickly things can start falling into place from his talent. Like everyone forgets this was a, a guy that was battling injuries for, I think like three or four straight years. He was just kind of an injury bug where everything was starting to get like, Oh boy, like is Victor going to be this injury plague prospect that, you know, then he finally got his body on the right path. And, had a healthy season and you know, a, I think we're learning. Okay. Well, here we go. Metcalf. I think we're learning something about a different situation is everything in this class. And we saw it with Victor. Victor was playing with Asbel, was getting limited minutes, goes to Metropolitans. They let him have free reign. And we're like, Holy crap. Someone else in this class was playing with Asbel before. Now he's playing with JL Borg and Zachary Shishé, and he looks fantastic. So I do think it's a it's a loud echo that everyone has to remember situation is everything. Sometimes a new place can just unlock confidence. And you know, I, I think that was really important last year for Victor with the new team. Him the he got to show a lot of stuff that Why does this keep happening when I'm <laughs> I'm talking perfectly and then I like get excited about a point I made and then it just starts doing it and you when did I lose? Yeah, I I, I got most of it. I'm just saying it's it, I think we're situations everything. Victor was a perfect example of that last year. Risha Shea this year. So um, with those raw bigs, raw international guys that are still very young it can just click out of nowhere. And I know Risha Shea yeah. is not a big, but it can just start clicking and things can get different. Maybe SARS in that conversation of where, you know, all of a sudden things can really start cooking. We don't know. What Love did you it. think? Um, no, I, 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 th I think that's a good one. Um, and, you know, we, we kind, kind of touched on that a little bit too with like Dalton. Um, 
and transferring from Northern Colorado to Tennessee because he wanted to be challenged and improve as a defender. And, you know, he's still not a good defender necessarily, but he's working at it and he's going along and the offensive stuff is translated seamlessly. So I, I, I think that's a really good one. I, th- I think another one is that NB- these NBA teams, especially the bad ones, can't be afraid of playing these guys when they're young and letting them play through their mistakes because there's not a better way for these guys to learn than to play. Um, it's different. You, you can't learn what you do in a live game in an empty gym, in practice, and in shoot around, and by yourself with your own personal trainer. You have to go play, and that's you know relevant for young kids growing up too. Go play. Um, so you know, and you know, you we kind of look at a guy like Jaden Ivy who has not been afforded that leash and that mindset uh, this year, and it's been a bit of a struggle. Now the Pistons are kind of letting him take some more on-ball reps, and we're seeing the payoff. So I, I, I think it's just don't be aware of what your team is. Be aware if you're going to suck, that's okay. Let your guys that you're spending a top three pick on that you're viewing as a franchise cornerstone and a building block, let them go learn and go screw up and figure out their errors early on. So then once you're in the point where you're hoping for playoff success, they're not seeing stuff for the first time and out of position. So, Amen. all right. Loved it. Victor, very good. Um, let's wrap up this episode with what's the best thing in basketball you've seen recently. Then we were going green room. Are we delaying we, green room? No, we're, we're going okay. in the exact same order that we've gone in for the last two I years. I had a best thing in basketball, and then um, I get so caught up in these episodes and I forget. So, uh, I'm I'm going to shout out Tyrese Maxey and Paolo Bancaro making the All-Star game as Eastern Conference reserves. Uh, very exciting for them. Uh, they made it along with Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, Bam Adebayo, uh, and Julius Randle on the Western Conference. Um, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh, no. I lost it. Um, I lost Western Conference was... But, I, I got I gotcha. I gotcha. Here we go. Western oh, Conference... Kawhi, um, Anthony Davis, Booker, Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, kind of bummer to, for not the Kings it. guys to get in. I'm sure um, Nick will have some comments in our group <laughs> chat from Metcalf. But I have no problems. Um, I thought I wish Derek White got in for the East, but I also get why he didn't because, you know, I get it. But best thing in basketball – I I really I, I hate that we keep bringing them up all the time because I, I it's too easy to talk about them. But um, Ant Edwards after the Thunder game when he was just like I'll take the fine. I was just like, yep, that's a guy that got paid. So I, I love that. Um, what uh, <laughs> College, friend, friend, I'm blanking on the one I had. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, go ahead. I uh, just. Today, uh, John Krasinski of The Athletic tweeted out um, a, a quote from Ant of like, uh, it was, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but it was, yeah, I wasn't surprised I got fined that much. Uh, it's probably because I called them cheaters, but it's like, yeah, Ant, probably that that, that oh. probably that's that's probably what did it. But, probably. Uh, um, I'll, I'll give a shout out, uh, Jalen Green lately. Really awesome for the Rockets. He's been playing fantastic. I hope this is kind of a bit of a we get. 
he want these kids to be perfect right away too soon. He's still 21. He's averaging almost 30 a game on 51, 35, 93 in his last five games. It looks like he's turning a corner. So um, that's been really cool to see. And, um, you know, I, I just, it's been funny also just how everyone's ready to just throw 85 picks to go get Michael Bridges. I love Bridges. We, me and Metcalf have, Basically had to calm down talking about his, you know, number three that year for me. Oh gosh, love him. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. Everyone's like, well, let's go get bridges. And I'm like, why is Brooklyn trading him? (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't trade him. So, um, no, yeah. Ant's always going to steal the show. Um, Tyler Kolick also, I'll throw that one out. Tyler Kolick was fantastic. Um, against Nova. Yes. Bad man. Love it. All right. Let's wrap up with, the green room uh, party time, most exclusive club in the draft world. Um, only 14, a max of 14 names get in based on vibes, uh, potential pedigree, all that stuff. Not our, it is not our lottery rankings by any means currently in the club. Uh, we got Jacoby Walter, Alexander Saar, Ron Holland, Stephen Castle, Zachary Risache, uh, Nikola Topic, Cody Williams, Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, and Dalton connect Rucker. Anyone that is going to get booted. No, not for me. Mr. Castle just had a pretty good game. Um, I don't have anyone that I want to boot. Do you have anyone, Mr. Metcalf? I do not. Uh, okay. What about what about in line? Anyone you want to boot from there? Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Who? Trey. Trey. I'm fine with that. Oh gosh, it hurts so it bad. Does. Okay, it does. Sorry, Trey. We um, need to have like some depressing music to say goodbye, <laughs> like I, the arms I'm, of an angel or something. I'm also going to send a Dan Bona home. We're just the cutthroat episode. The I green just, room's getting no. The gloves are off, folks. The vibes okay? are bad at UCLA. It is no. Yeah, I I, I like that. I, okay. I, He'd be a liability right now just because he's having a bad year. Not him. His team's having a bad year. So, like, it would be like, hey, is Adem going to be okay to go out with us? Or is he going to be kind of a, a wild card? So, yeah, I think Trey and Adem, gone. That gotta, makes the line a little shorter. It was kind of getting the around off. the line. What did you say? They just got to go home, take the night off. Yeah. Um, Try next week. Yeah, we'll see. All right, okay. anyone you want to add to line? Um, Dylan Jones. Oh, okay, friend of the program. Uh, not yeah. because he's friend of program. I have a note. I have a part of my scouting thing that's going to be about Dylan Jones, and I literally said this whole year I've been strict on him because I didn't want to be favored because he's a fil- friend of the program, and I just watched all of his stuff, and I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> it's a bad man. So I'm going to add Dylan Jones. I love that. I love it. Where do you have Dylan right now? Do you really want to know? Yeah, I do. Give me a number. Here we go, folks. Got him at 18. I'm not too too far behind. I'm telling you, everyone, what I've, I watched Dylan last year. I was in love. And then I've, I just watched all of his stuff and I was like, Oh gosh, Dylan looks like he's, really cooking he's he's taking he was but i know from hearing him and, and doing that film sesh breakdown with Corey mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things i've done with being part of no ceilings and um 
hearing how he dissects film and who he likes to watch because of the reasons why. And then he came in this year with better shape, like committed himself. And, you know, he's, he's a versatile monster right now. And then all of a sudden he has fantastic feel for the game and playmaking. So some team's going to love him. I don't know. I, I, I just watched him and I was like, why is this not a top 20 guy? And then whatever he goes 28th. I don't care. I'd still love him. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm all for that. Uh, I have him at 28. Just kind of keeps climbing. Keeps moving just on because he just produces. Um, okay. Anyone getting in this week? I mean, I think it's it might be too early for one name that's obvious that I know you want, but if you don't think it's too early, we can jump in. I mean, a certain Johnny Furphy was gonna be my nomination to get in. I think it's either Furphy or Kolik. I love Kolik. Um, oh man, it's really. T- I think Kolik just had a big I, mic drop game where everyone that was like, "He's not going to go in the first round." I was like, "Are we sure? You yeah, sure about yeah. that?" Shout yeah, he's Robinson. He still is, but Furphy's going top ten. So no, he's not. <laughs> Metcalf is drunk in love I, with with Furphy Island. He is. He's good. Yeah, he looks great. Fucking rocks. And I have a piece on him coming out Friday. NBA.com. You want to do it? We'll do it. No, for Furphy Island. Love it. Furphy. All right, I'm in. I'm in. I, I mean, my dog's name's Murphy. So Furphy and Murphy, I, I, I get, I'm easily going to root for him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in with Furphy. I love how your reasoning is not because he rocks as a basketball player, but because his name, his name rhymes with your dogs. Not the same name, just rhymes. Follow me at Tyler underscore Rucker for more <laughs> in-depth analysis. <laughs> he's good. He's legit. I mean, we had a good talk on the Discord channel for the No Ceilings Plus people. People were asking him. Metcalf went to war, and I was very proud. Like, I pulled over, and all of a sudden looked down, and Metcalf was just on a war path for Furphy. And everyone's like, whoa, Metcalf, love this energy. So it's, you know, he he you watch the tape, and it, it backs it up. Um He's a really smart player. I think teams are going to be wanting to draft. I think teams are going to want to have him stay in this class. They're going to be like, no, come on, big fella. You're a pre-draft guy. We want you in this class. We want to get our hands on you. Because next year, if he did go back to Kansas and he did take another step, he probably in that talented class would be a surefire lottery pick, even with a lot of big names coming next year. Man, just... He would be a surefire. He's there. Um, I, I know what you're I know saying, I, but I looked at the names <laughs> for next year. I've already started to make my board, and I'm like, well, this year's going to be fun. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I meant for this year. I meant he's already there for this oh, year. Oh, no, this year um, for sure. But next year, I was like, he might have a little competition. <laughs> <laughs> next year's looking fun. Um, yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Just kidding. Uh, forgot to spin the wheel for next week. So oh, yeah. Come on. Classic rookie move. So let money. me pull that up uh i'm sharing my screen let's get a little spin going here give me someone good oh <laughs> houston we have liftoff all right Fantastic. next week well that'll Thompson. be a good one that'll be fun um make sure to clip that that'll be a fun one fans on our good or bad side 
<laughs> I talked about Jalen Green on the Twitter. Come on, they got to be positive. So, Rucker, anything to plug? No, I, you um, wrote this week. Yeah, I did. I wrote about AJ Mitchell. I love AJ Mitchell. Um, wrote about him. Did a film, a highlight video on YouTube. Confirmed everything I felt about him as a prospect. I, I think he's trending in the right direction. There are some scary numbers that are trending in a positive way that I was like quadruple checking on synergy. So I, I, I'm, I'm still a believer. So yeah, I wrote about AJ Mitchell. I'll have a scouting notebook spilling a lot of my thoughts out next week, some sleepers, um, some in-depth thoughts about some big names. Um, one that I hinted on this, on this episode we'll talk about, but Metcalf, what about you? Anything? And thanks everyone for joining us on yeah. the YouTube channel and for everyone listening. Have a great weekend. I will play one thing. Saturday is a gauntlet of unbelievable college basketball. Clear your schedules. Don't do a damn thing. Sit on your couch. Get the multiple TVs up. It, it's it's beautiful. It's glorious. Find me on the on the internet. I'll be watching TV all day. Yeah, you then, you, you know, <laughs> looking after my kid, but um, the wife's taken. I said, "Honey, I got stuff to do on Saturday." Um, so yeah, that's that's all I got to plug. Yeah, you, you can find all of our stuff, uh, including Rutgers' AJ Mitchell piece, uh, my Johnny Furphy piece. Uh, Albert wrote an awesome piece on Keyshawn George um, on Thursday. You can find all of that over at NoCeilingsNBA.com. Um, Maxwell also just put out another really good uh, spreadsheet-based um, statistical kind of deep dive piece uh, that you can get with No Ceilings Plus, um, along with our Discord. Everyone we've been having an awesome time with over there. So Go check all of that out. Um, you can also find this podcast and a whole bunch of other video breakdowns over um, on YouTube at No Ceilings NBA. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and a five-star rating. Until next time, see ya.